Okay, so let's jump right in. We are continuing to look at our message series, which hopefully will appear in two seconds, which is prayer meeting. We're looking at prayer meeting. There we go. Putting off and putting on. So I want to do the recap, um, which is great because the recap is probably great for you guys, but for the rest of you, are like, don't think, not another recap. Yes, another recap. So what we're doing and putting off and putting on is we realize what we're wearing. Then we remove what we're wearing, which is where we find out, my goodness, I did not realize that I'd actually wrecked my knee several years ago. Or I didn't realize that I was still cut and that wound had never healed. So when we take off what we should take off, it uncovers where we are. Then we are renewed in the spirit of our minds. Then we redress spiritually with the appropriate clothes. And Romans 13, 14 is what I've been continually quoting. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a movement from the false comfort of the familiar through the discomfort of transition. We all know that, don't we? It's uncomfortable. Change is slow. Change is hard. Uh, When we think that it's not, we're fooling ourselves. And often we're not in appropriate change. But it's worthwhile to get there to the end, which is to be enclosed in Christ. We've got to be intentional. We have to uh, realize that about the process and understand that it is a process. It's a continual process and it's the life of a disciple as he moves slightly out of the sun. So last week, I know that some of you weren't here, but the majority of you were. How did we get on last week? This is a rhetorical question. Well, not, not rhetorical, actually. If you could respond, that would be brilliant. How did you get on last week? It's all right. It seemed okay. Well, I was sitting, and at different points, as different things were said, I heard, <laughs> and oh my goodness, I heard people really hearing what was being spoken. Is that right? I've heard numerous stories this week, thankfully numerous stories that all run along the same thread of something lifted off me. I, I had one, one guy said, I had the best Sunday that I've had, and I just felt freer and lighter. And Was that your testimony? Yeah? Is that your experience? I want to spend some time uh, not staring at Andrew Montgomery, as wonderful as you are. But I, wanna, I want us to understand what was going on. Why do I want us to understand? Because I want you to see the Spirit and what he's up to and how he does things. So also, for those, as Andrew did this last week, I thought it was brilliant. Do you remember he said, if you're walking your dog or driving your car? Well, on Wednesday, I was driving down to work. And at that point, Andrew said, if you're walking the dog or driving your car, I'm driving my car. Andrew's with me in the car. So for anybody who's on a podcast, wherever you are, if you haven't listened to last week's message, please go back and have a listen. What I would say is take the opportunity to go and have a listen through them as well. Claire had said that sometimes things are said and you think, there's something in that. What is it? Well, go and get your shovel. Put on the podcast and start digging for what it is that God has for you. Because remember, he's not normally on the surface of things. If, you're, if I meet you and you say, I know exactly what God's doing in my life, I would go, oh, ho, let's see where this one goes. And then poke a few questions and things. And hopefully the person would go, my goodness, I had no idea. For me, I have some idea. But he's God, he can do what he wants, and I'll no doubt spend my days trying to catch up with him. So please uh, remember to dig into those things. So what happened last week? What was that? Why did that happen? And why on earth was I crying? There are the questions we need to ask. Well, it wasn't so much about what Andrew said. It was what the Holy Spirit was imparting through him that was important. 
And if we miss that, we miss a serious part of what went on last week. Andrew's not coming up here, nor am I, nor anybody speaking, nor should we be coming up here to say, let my personality and soul man fly and you're all entertained. That's wonderfully happy. The hope is, and we know that what does happen, is it is the Spirit of God filling himself up in a man and expressing himself through them. So don't miss that it's not so much about the words, although the words are important, but it's about the spirit that is behind the words, which is why I'm sure Diane doesn't mind me mentioning, when she was ministered to in the middle, um, Andrew was in that moment. uh, The Holy Spirit was fooling him. He was on him. I'm going to comment on this later. There's a point where uh, it says that the spirit came on Joshua in the Old Testament, and the the translation of that is to literally be put on like a glove. So at that moment, Andrew just goes down very gently and says, you're accepted and you're secure. No, look at me. Look at me. You're accepted and you're secure and you're significant. And the fruit's good, Diane, is it not? It's good stuff. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. Paul said this, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And I believe he said last week, My message is profoundly simple. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The other thing I want to say is that there was no, oh, the Spirit sent me in. Oh, the Spirit's going to come in. Diane, I see you sitting there. And Diane, you need to accept that you're accepted. Woo! You are safe and you're secure. He just said, Diane, Diane, you're safe. You're secure and you're accepted. So let's not miss that we think that God's something like the lottery ad when he goes, it's you, Claire Porter. God will go, come on. It's gentle. It's simple. He is more than comfortable to not be noticed because he knows that those who are looking for him will find him. So don't miss what went on. Why does this happen? Why did last week happen? Why do we have those moments here? Well, we're a people of John 5.19. Jesus only did what he saw the the Father doing, and it is the Spirit's power. There was no hype, no shouting, no crazy manifestation. There was love, and there was forgiveness, and there was weeping, and there was stillness. And there's people testifying to the fact that I'm lighter. I'm not struggling as much with that. I don't have to deal with that anymore. Can you give your amen to that one? And what I would say is we miss it if we think that that was it. He drops, he drops in a seed for that seed to find its germination and its growth. So what he started, he wants to continue. Why am I going through this in so much detail? Because what he started, he wants to continue. And my job is to take what was dropped in last week and to make sure that it moves from being a seed that germinates through that tender stage of being a seedling till it actually gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm a gardener in the natural and I am a gardener in the spirit. So we can get this done. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and life in all its fullness. John 10.10. And let me read you this. I commented on this just slightly already. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abazirites to follow him. The word came on in the Greek is lavasha, which means to put on, wear, 
clothe or be clothed. Our series is about putting off and putting on and putting on Jesus Christ. And what happened last week was a manifestation of someone putting on Jesus Christ. So Romans 13, 14, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Now I want to pause here and tell you what I've thought for years. If I was to be a pastor, it had to look like this. It has to be a certain way, have to speak a certain way, have to do certain things. What I'm discovering is I get to be myself. So when you're clothed in Christ, it's not a cookie cutter. He doesn't come and go, boom, there's that little shape of a Christmas tree and we'll get rid of all of the rest. He comes to breathe life into the entire thing. So when you're clothed in Christ, I'm going to watch you shine. You get to be you. It's not about squeezing you in. We're going to look at this. I'm getting ahead of myself. Romans 12 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God does not come to conform us. He comes to transform us and to liberate us. Dennis always says, uh, Dennis Bournes, uh, he's the, the granddaddy really of Destination Church Belfast, says, Lord, play me long and play me loud. You want to be in the place where he comes and he just flows through you. And I want to say that I have never had any greater experience. Now, there's difficult ones. And I know, oh boy, I'm going to have to come and say this. And that's difficult. But even that, when it bears fruit, has so much joy in it. So our chief end is to partner with him to the extent that he flows through us. Was it Andrew? Absolutely. Was it the Holy Spirit? Yes. It's both and it's and. It's partnership. And don't miss this. What is modeled to us, prophesies to us that it is also possible for us to do the same. So this is not about the man of God and the house of God. This is about God with his people. We are about reaching, renewing, and reproducing. So if something in you went, oh, oh, I know some of you are like, I just love that stuff. When it's God present among us and things are happening and things are changing. I'd love to do that. Well, I could never do that. Take that bit out. If you'd love to do it, it's absolutely possible. You are relieved to bring relief. You're set free to bring freedom. You're given hope to prophesy hope to others. And you've been loved that you might love. This is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. What have been devastated? Our identity and our inheritance and sons and daughters of God. For years, for years, really what has been believed is I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, you are. Not anymore. 
You are a saint. You are a son. And you are a daughter. That is a completely different thing. Your true identity has been revealed to you so that you might live out of it and prophesy to tell others who their father is and that they can stop trying to be the very thing that they actually are. When I was ministering to those of you last week, and I have to say it was just such a privilege to stand with a lot of you in those moments, but what I was, what I was ministering was, you've been trying so hard to be who you actually are. Well, maybe if I could just work up, it could be a sun today. Maybe it can be a sun today. Oh, I'm feeling good about myself. Oh, there's a shaft of light. Oh, I am in the sun. I'm in the sun. I'm in the sun today. It's great. I'm not in the sun anymore. Where's it gone? It's just all awful. We try so hard to be what we're not. And Andrew, or what we are, and Andrew talked about the story of the prodigal son, that wearing and putting on his father's clothes didn't make him a son. He was a son. The clues are an expression of dominion about the right to be a son. But you can't put the clues on and go, right, I'm going to work it up. And because I'm wearing this, it means I am. The clues are on because it's, it's an actual expression of who he is. You are accepted, you are secure, and you are significant because you're a son and a daughter. You've got to accept your identity before you can accept its benefits. If you try to embrace the benefits before you accept your identity, and I'm sure a lot of us could say yes to this, you'll feel like a fraud. You'll feel like you're pretending, and you'll be trying to be who you already are. When we were in small group this week, I was saying to everybody, and I wanted to say, do you believe that you're accepted, secure, and significant? And I said, no, we because really God doesn't care, care really whether we believe it or not. He's interested in us accepting it. You've got to accept that you're a son and a daughter. And I want to be very transparent. So last night um, I'm prepping and getting ready for the message. Um, and I was just, there's just some things going through my head. And oh, if I could do this and what if I do that and what if I do... And I thought, do you ever when you're praying feel like you're, it's just bouncing off the ceiling? Of course that means that God's not there anymore. He's abandoned me. No, it doesn't at all. At that moment I thought, I'm doing this out of the wrong place. I just went, love you. We're good. Because I'm a son. What do you believe? You've got to work this up. You've got to jump through some hoops for him. Did you lose your ring? You know the ring that he gave you? You know that thing that was really special? Or the coat? You lost the coat? And you've lost your identity because of the coat? No. You're a son. And you're a daughter. Because you're a son and because you're a daughter. If you try to embrace the benefits before you accept your identity, you'll feel like another fraud. You must accept whose you are before you accept who you are. Then you can embrace the benefits accepted, secure, and significant. So here's a story. So a man has an encounter with God. He realizes that he's been getting it wrong in his life, accepts that Jesus has died for him, and he wants to change and live differently. So he goes away reborn, regenerated, but because of the religious understanding in the world, what is true isn't understood. So he leaves a sinner who is saved, right? Now, there's no such thing as a sinner who is saved. Yes, really. 
So what has happened to him is stolen from him, even though it really hasn't been stolen because he's still a prince. Does that make sense? Yeah? Then let's look at the parable. You know the parable of the sower where Jesus talks about there's a farmer and the farmer throws seed and there's three different types of responses as to what happens with the seed. And Jesus says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. God does not want you to be ignorant of what he has done. Ignorance is not bliss, it is utter torment in this kingdom. You need to be aware of what he's doing, which is why I really want to keep drilling into this today. Because what was started needs to continue. Then he goes on and says, this is the seed that's thrown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who's heard the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they've no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Well, where would you like to be? We've all heard all of this stuff before. We really have. But because it's not understood that we've been trying so hard to be who we actually are, that it doesn't get to take root or to germinate because we've got to embrace the fact that we can do nothing other than go, I am a son or I am a daughter. That's appropriate response. It's not God comes and says, you're my son, daughter, and you go, not sure about that. Let's think about theologically where that sits. Let's take counsel on several of those things and let me see how I'm feeling today about that and put it through the filters of my soul. I don't know where I stand about that. If Isaac, my son, said to me, and I said, you're my son, he said, no, I'm not, I would first of all be wanting to know, well, what the heck is going on there? If he continued with that, I would be going, I'm actually quite offended here. I'm your dad. I, I fathered you. No, 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 no. I, 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 was, I was definitely adopted. No, I'm pretty darn sure that you weren't adopted. You've got, you look like me. You've got... You've got, you know, I've got all your details. I, I hold the keys to your bank account, Sunshine. You want not want your bank account? No. No. I just, no. It just doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't really seem right that you're my dad. What does he do? Isaac, you're my son. He comes up and I give him a big cuddle and give him lots of kisses. And I say, come on, you be with me as I do this out the park. He and I are building a shed. It's brilliant. What would you like to do with this, son? He goes, I was thinking we could do this. We could put this here and then we could put the wood there. And then we need somewhere to sit. What are we going to do about that? And I said, well, that's a great idea. Why don't you get a bit of paper? He draws it out. And I'm going, this guy's like George Clark. He knows what to do. He's my son because he's my son because he's my son because he's my son because he's my son. He cannot change that whether he believes it or not. Back to the story. So the pre-Christian who believed he was an orphan met his father was regenerated as a son of the Father, walks away regenerated, but believing he's a forgiven sinner. He's a forgiven orphan who desperately wants to be a son. Now the Proverb 23.7 says, as he believes in his heart, so he is. So what was real is subjected to what he believes. 
He's a sinner, therefore he lives out of that identity. And nobody's told him that he's got to get his mind right. Nobody said to him, well, you're not going to feel that way. You're going to have to work at getting your mind right and having your mind renewed. And also, the religious structures hide the truth. God merely tolerates you. You're just going to have to suck up life until one day I'll get better in heaven when I'll be nice and won't it be lovely being with him. And really, nobody can ever be like Jesus or be like his son. The religious structure also tells him that he has to jump through hoops, that if he really was saved, he would feel differently, act differently, be good living. I remember when somebody asked me as a child, is your dad good living? I said, I think he earns 25 grand a year. I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) You are alive. He doesn't feel any different, though everybody tells him he should. He should act differently, but he doesn't act differently. He's supposed to be good living, but he's sinning just the way he used to. He now feels miserable because he knows that he's getting it wrong. He feels incredibly guilty. He feels like a fraud. He feels totally unworthy, and he feels like an absolute and utter failure. So the prince is still believing he's an orphan, but he goes and gets a credit card so he can live like the prince that he's supposed to be, but he gets himself into trouble with debt. The debt mounts up, he ends up in prison, having tried to be what he actually was. But because he didn't understand, he was regenerated. Didn't stay with the father, didn't let the father love him didn't understand who he was because of whose he was, didn't understand the resources that were available to him and how to access those resources. He went about faking what was real and ended up in a worse state than where he was when he started. It is absolutely ridiculous and completely and utterly insane, but it is happening all the time. And I seriously hope that we are really starting to get this. But also there's a world out there that doesn't know that this is real. That they are sons and daughters. They are prince and princes. That they have places to go. There are people that they need to meet with. We've got to start to live out of that place. My children understand who I am and who they are in relation to their level of maturity and experience. They will see more and I will reveal more of who I am the more they mature. They will understand more of who they are and what their inheritance is as they mature. And it is exactly the same with God. This is not something that just started to happen last week. This is something that's got to continue. You have got to make a point of letting him love you. Selfish? Not at all. It's wonderful. You need that. I need you to do that. Your wholeness will make a massive difference to this body of a church here. You will affect people by just simply being beside them. People will be going, why? You don't seem hassled by that. And you'll try to muster up an explanation as to why you don't. We have got to get a hold of this. Let him convict you anywhere where you have an orphan mentality because you are sons and daughters of the king. We begin this and we never finish this process of the renewing of the spirit of our mind. So this is Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self created in God's image in the righteousness and holiness of truth. 
We put off the old stuff and we are renewed in the spirit of our minds. We are sons and we are daughters. Renew in the Greek in that passage actually is ananeo and it comes from ana, meaning up and completing a process which intensifies. And the neos means recent or new, which is going up higher to stage another level of sanctification by God's power and being divinely renewed. So this process of being renewed in the spirit of your mind escalates and it escalates with intensity. So we've got to get a mindset of today I'm going to church to put off stuff and to have my mind renewed. You may be walking in in a degree of fullness that many have not seen and you've never seen. Well, there's more. There is more. There is always more. And what I love about that in the Greek is that it escalates with intensity. So the more that we get a hold of this, the more that you're going to get a hold of this because you're going to want more. So I want to say that if you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, I've got a handle on this, I'm a son thing. Watch out. You probably just got a handle, but that handle belongs to a door and that door belongs to a house and there are many, many rooms in the house and that house is part of a village. And that village is part of a city. And that city is part of a world that belongs to a solar system and a universe. So you may have got a handle on it. Well, don't let go of the handle, but don't stop there. We want to be a people who ooze the fact that we are sons and daughters of God. And that's not going to be arrogance. That's just going to look like what it's going to look like. And you're going to prophesy to others, you can do the same. This is for you as well. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, I read it all the time. So not conformed, which is to be squished in. And also God's always telling us what to do and what not to do. So don't be conformed, but be transformed. The transformed word in the Greek is metamorphy, which comes from meta, to change after being with. Morphe, changing form in keeping with inner reality. You've got to embrace this inside and then the demonstration comes outside. We only change outside when we have believed what is happening inside. And please, if you've become aware that you're faking it and have never really believed that you're a son or a daughter and desperately want to accept it and accept that it's true, tell them now. Because it is true. If you've been struggling with that and you're like, as I say, about the trying to embrace it and you just feel like a fraud, if you're going, oh, buddy, that's exactly where I am, just tell them. Because you are a son and a daughter. So we can stop the trying now. Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burdens light because it is. But it's hard work too because you've got to get a hold of this. But it's easy and light. Does that make sense? Can I get you guys to come up? We've got to learn to embrace the truth and know life as God knows it. John 8.32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have life in all its fullness. The word, I'm going all over the Greek today. The word life in the Greek is zoe, which means life as God knows it, which is both physical and spiritual. It's life in all its fullness. Do you remember the movie Jerry Maguire? Do you remember the phrase? It's the qual. And uh, Jerry Maguire goes, what's the qual? No, 
do you not remember it? It's the guy who's the footballer. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals. And it goes, he goes, shoes and merchandise and money and family. Quown. And Jerry Maguire goes, what? He says, Quown. Zoe life. We go, Jesus come to bring life and all Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. No, no, no. You don't get what he's saying. He's talking about the crown. Life and all its fullness. Shoes, merchandise. No, not shoes, merchandise and money. But we're talking about we're talking about abundance. Do you, can, can you hear that? This it's like we've got Bill Gates standing up here, and it's not even a shadow on Jesus Christ to compare him to Bill Gates. Not that Bill Gates is a bad guy. Bill Gates has more money than you or I know would ever know what to do with, and likely he does either. It's like him coming up and saying, What do you need? A couple of mil? I've got the checks. You wouldn't be sitting there going, oh, yeah, yeah, Colin, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, life and all its fullness, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be up here pretty darn fast. I'm not an idiot. I would be. Well, someone that's greater than Bill Gates with more resources than Bill Gates is standing here saying, what do you need? Get up. I'm being serious. Get up. He's here. Why, why, why wouldn't you? He comes to promise you that there's life and all its fullness. Where we start is by coming to Him, by being with Him, by staying with Him. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and liberty. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. So questions for your response. Have you been trying and striving to be who you actually are? Do you need help in the process of the renewing of the spirit of your mind? Or do you want to learn how to access the abundance of what it means to be a child of God? If you do, come on and join me now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. In this moment, would you open up our eyes to who you actually are? Would you let all of the things that we've put on you and all the ways that we've conformed you to who we think you are be broken now in Jesus' name. That we are in front of one who has it all and desires to give it to us. So come, Holy Spirit, increase your presence now.